Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to this week's episode, or second episode of this week's Vital Advice for Everyday Life, the podcast where I'm going to reveal all of my secrets of trying to be better and discover along with you uh, some pathways through neuroscience and psychology on how to better navigate this life. Most of my topics, actually, what I do is I think of something that I have some interest in and then I go down a rabbit hole to discover different ways to look at it and how to better advance myself in that area. This week is going to be more focused on something that I thought about from my past that I already learned and I think would benefit a lot of people to gain some perspective on and that is long distance relationships. Almost every last relationship I have ever had has at one point spent long distance And from these experiences, none of them were good, actually. It sounds like I'm going to be trash-talking them this whole episode just because I have had some very negative experiences with long-distance relationships. But in actuality, I am a huge fan of long-distance relationships. I'm a big supporter of everyone at some point in their life. When they are dating someone, before you fully committed to someone, make the distance a part of the dating experience because you're going to learn a lot more about your partner and how your dynamic is going to work regardless of where you're at. I think it's super healthy to do. So hello, Graham. Say hello for everyone on the podcast so that we can move on to the topic. You want to come cuddle? Say hi. (laughs) Okay, go cuddle, bub bub. Yeah, love you. Okay, bye-bye. No, don't go on. Don't don't sit on the laptop. Grim. Do not sit on the laptop. Thank you. I also know that I'm not the only person who has this perspective on long distance. There was a family relationship therapist that I knew when I lived in Korea who actually promoted to all of the uh, people that she knew that she'd be long distance at some point during during dating and then avoid being long distance once you're married. She felt like it brought a lot of clarity on goals and boundaries and all those healthy things that you should be establishing when you're dating prior to full commitment. So if she knows anything and I know anything, which I do, then this would be a beneficial mindset I think to bring forward is the positive and the ways to make it work. That being said, long distance can't be for everyone. And I do like support the fact that there are things that you need to be well aware of that are different in long distance relationships. These uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse, if you will, um, which we'll get into later on what can kill your relationship long distance that makes it different from normal relationships. I think we should just jump into this. So let's start off with just like the basic research that I did while I was thinking about this topic. First off, has it ever worked for anyone? That was the first question that I had because my experiences, they didn't work. Like none of them, no matter how many times I tried to adjust my tactics or tried to adjust my my communication style or whatever it is that I needed to adjust, mine turned really sour. And 
I just can't imagine that I'm the only person that had that experience. So I started asking, has there been a successful long distance relationship? I researched the um, actual like statistics side of it. And based on all the statistics I found, up to about 75% of college students will be in some sort of long distance relationship at some point during their college career. So that's a huge number of young people engaging in that. And on top of that, just in normal relationships, I think it was about 58 to 60% of all long distance relationships actually last. And on top of that, further research indicates that regardless of closeness or distance, your relationship has about the same level of risk and success and failure, regardless if you live in the same apartment or if you're long distance. I then opened up an Instagram poll to kind of feel out anyone that I might not have talked to in my personal life that has engaged in long distance relationships and kind of got some insight from them on what they feel like needs to be said about long distance relationships. So here's a positive perspective that I got. This person said, I'd say the biggest thing is trusting your significant other and making time for him or her. It was the hardest thing I have ever done, even harder than leaving my family for military basic training, but he's worth it. So I'm assuming this person is still in their long distance relationship. I'm pretty sure if I'm not wrong, she is engaged to him. I'd have to clarify again, but um, that's a healthy perspective on I think um, her points are valid. Let's get another person's. It's really hard to want to be with someone physically but the distance is there but also it can be kind of hot next one this one is more of a negative perspective I was in a long distance relationship senior year of high school it was highly dependent and toxic and was a very long and painful breakup once it finally happened I want to point out something that I think is interesting the only people that responded to this poll were females So I can't really give you a perspective on the male side of it because I'm a female (laughs) and no one responded that was male to kind of like combat what, what it's like for a male. So that being said, I feel like there is no clear answer for whether it's going to be good or bad, regardless if it's close in proximity or distant. That's at least what I got from that research. From what I have seen, however, I will say regardless of what stage of your relationship, at some point your relationship will be long distance. So it would be healthy for everyone to kind of investigate whether or not that's something that they can handle. My parents, before they both retired, were on opposite schedules and they were like ships passing through the night and yet they were able to find a way to make it work even though like they didn't even sleep at the same time. I myself maintain my stance that I think that long distance is actually one of the healthiest things you can do, even though not a single one of my long distance relationships has been successful. And um, yeah, I just maintain that very healthy perspective on it. So why does it seem like everyone else who's engaged in long distance relationships are against it? So I did more research. I did some YouTube watching of people who have been in a long distance relationship trying to get as much perspective as I can and it seems like it can boil down to experience, their perception, their attachment style, lack of emotional maturity, and their love language. So for their perception, 
if your thoughts are negative about the whole idea of being long distance, like you're walking into it with this won't be worth the relationship, we might as well break up, or it's going to be way harder as it worth the effort, then it's it's not for you and you really shouldn't engage one in one to begin with because you're walking in with like the worst perspective. The people that I followed up with on those YouTube uh, channels that were in the long distance relationships, I noticed that they maintained the most positive perception even when it was like the hard stuff that everyone would think about before choosing a long distance relationship. So instead of thinking about, oh man, it sucks so bad that I can't be with them right now. I miss them so much. It makes me want to cry. They changed the perspective into, it sucks that I miss them all the time, but I am so lucky to have someone to miss. And missing them makes me value them so much more. And it makes me value my relationship and my time with them so much more. So they spun that into the most positive perception of long distance. And it made it seem almost more like their relationship was more valuable because it was long distance. It wasn't as cheap or as, you know, um, off brand as everyone else's that just could like go next door to visit their significant other. They had to work for it and they were putting in the work. So I think that was a really good kind of gauge on how perception can affect whether or not your long distance relationship can work. I'm going to throw in that mention of attachment theory on this. If you don't know your attachment style, I highly recommend finding out because it really can shape all aspects of your relationships in your life but I do think that with long distance relationships attachment style is one of the biggest holdups on why people have a negative perspective on it if you have an insecure attachment style that tends to lead you to do a lot of mind reading and taking silences to mean something extreme or really bad when you have no proof of it and that silence is kind of a prevalent part of your relationship when you're long distance because you will hang up the phone. You will go to sleep at one point. If they're on the other side of the world, you're going to have completely different time zones. So it's important for you to have a really good hold on your attachment style so that you're not projecting those things onto your partner because that's going to be most of your interaction eventually is going to be you trying to wade through all these things you're projecting onto them and then feeling like you're not seeing them. If they're going to take hours to reply because of their time zone or if they leave you on red or they're not able to call at the time that you think that they should call, whatever it is in your dynamic, if you don't have a secure attachment style, this is going to make you hate long distance so much more. I'm throwing in a little bit of what I have experienced along with what I hear other people talking about in this next one with the lack of emotional maturity. If you're not mature enough to know the difference of real intimacy being more than physical touch and physical connection, then you'll never be able to find real intimacy, even if you're close to someone in proximity. But most definitely, you're unable in long distance. In my experience, those people are more likely to cheat just in general are the people who really are overvaluing physical touch in order for them to feel whole or to feel accepted or just to feel a part of themselves come alive. They don't have the emotional maturity to understand real intimacy. And that's what long distance really cultivates. It creates that really deep 
intimate feeling you have with your partner through emotional, spiritual, um, you can look at it as a religious thing if you want, that intimacy where you know that you can trust them with your your true, honest self. That is the in- intimacy that real relationships build. The, the physical intimacy is a bonus. It's a part that we all think about when we think of intimacy. It's not what keeps a relationship going. So if you overvalue that and it's taken from you with long distance, then you're going to see it with a very negative light. I don't know if anyone here really fully believes in love language. I don't know if this is something that I can consider outside of a pseudoscience, but I do know that there are people who really lean heavily on the idea that they have a love language that is defined on how they feel love. And I will put this in here just in case you feel that way. I'm still undecided. If you have what in those five love languages define as the the language of physical touch, it is going to be very hard for you in long distance. But I have a secret for you. Hard doesn't mean that your relationship can't work. Difficult situations are not a recipe for failure. And if it's challenging, congratulations, you found something worth fighting for. I have a friend who claims that her physical touch love language was her primary love language. And yet she found her spouse in Australia while she was living in a completely different country. She found ways of establishing an emoji language with her significant other that fed her somewhat of that feeling of physical touch long distance. They were able to establish like this emoji means this and I'm doing this and this emoji. And it was enough. There were other parts of their dynamic that also made the distance work. But because she saw this person and he also saw this her as worth the distance you can find a way so if you are perceiving your love language as needing to be fed in the way that you define it then you might not want to engage in a long distance relationship but if you can adjust if you can find a way to overcome that challenge i recommend it do it Just FYI, that person I'm referencing now is married to that person. And when they first were married for about a year of their marriage, they stayed long distance until she could meet him in the country that they now reside. So it can work. It might not be ideal, but you can find a way around it. So how can we make it work? The idea of the triangle of love magic. (laughs) What? What is the triangle of love magic, you might say? This is actually a term that is defined by Dr. John Gottman, who is a genius in regards to um, the science behind love. And I love his idea of the love magic, love, love magic, the love magic triangle. So let me define this for you so you can get kind of a better idea of what I mean. So Dr. Gottman terms the bottom two sides of the triangle, if you can imagine this with me. One corner is physiological calm and the other corner is trust then at the top point of that triangle is your commitment to that person so those two foundational corners at the bottom is what allows you to have that top part commitment 
Okay. When you look at magic of any relationship and the way that he defines it, I don't see anything referencing physical proximity to that person. You personally need to have physiological calm. That's the calmness of your body. And then trust for your partner. And that was what made the commitment. So you, I don't, yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't see anything about you also need to be close enough to visit each other. It doesn't say that. Now, this triangle that he talks about does actually have a science that he has applied to it. So let's break that down for a moment, shall we? The calm person physically will be better at taking information and being empathetic. That is key to having any real conversation or disagreement with your partner. Having a physiological calm allows you to be more open and receive information rather than being very um, heightened in your emotions, which will only lead you to defend and attack your partner. So that's what leads to really good communication. And then trust on the other side um, is mutual and it leads to intimacy, the real intimacy that I was talking about earlier. It maximizes the benefits of the other person along with your relationship, meaning that you have your partner in mind with your actions, right? So they can also trust you back. When you do something in your life, you think about how this will benefit your partner or um, the things that you're doing become less selfish. So that trust eventually will turn to loyalty and through that loyalty will develop commitment. That is the whole triangle. So like you trust them, but you also think towards how they can trust you better by through your actions. So it's an actual verb here, trust. And then you're calm enough to not be so defensive and see where both of you can benefit and grow. There is nothing about that that says you also need to be able to have sex with them. You also need to be able to hold hands with them every day. Those things I do think make the difference between friendship and a relationship. I will agree with that. But as long as you have that established that when you do see each other, that is a thing just between you and your partner, it doesn't matter that you do it every day or not. One holdup that I see a lot of people with this idea is they really believe that intimacy will die if you are unable to attach each other every day. That can be true. I'm not going to discount that at all. What you need to decide is in your experience and how you feel about it now, is that so important to you that you have it every day? That is... I do know some people who, if they cannot have their partner to hold every night, they would wither and die. It's important to establish that with yourself and establish that with your partner. I can't say, but if you're able to put that as an important thing when you're together in that, that box of your brain, then I think that that's something you can overcome. But if you can't, you got to be honest. In other words, can you establish, sorry, I got really close to the mic. Can you establish that desire to hold each other as a form of long distance foreplay that you talk about and build up towards when you do meet each other? So it's like this really overcoming, like overwhelming, overcoming, overwhelming feeling of finally when you are together, because honestly, that can be pretty hot. I want to talk about some of the signs that you can use to kind of gauge whether or not 
your long distance relationship is not going to work out. So for this, I'm going to be referencing John Gottman's work again, Dr. John Gottman and his wife, Julie Gottman, uh, did this research on couples and came up with they call the four horsemen of the apocalypse in regards to relationships. So they are defined as contempt, criticism, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Contempt means attacking them with intent of insulting or abusing, which you would think no couple would do, but surprising quite a few people actually do consider this a part of their like ability to communicate and it's really unhealthy next is criticism which is attacking their character essentially criticizing your your partner someone who you're supposed to someone that you're supposed to have as your confidant like it seems um counterintuitive and it does actually end up breaking your relationship next is defensiveness so this is victimizing yourself and reversing the blame stonewalling this is a term that I actually had to learn um, the actual definition of because it doesn't come across exactly the way it is. So stonewalling is mentally withdrawing to demonstrate your disapproval of that person in your life or your separation from them mentally. If there was a stonewall between you, how could you communicate? So it's similar to the cold shoulder, but like more more than just the cold shoulder. So those are very important things to watch within your relationship regardless of distance. So I'm going to add on to that. When you are in a long distance relationship, there are four horsemen of the apocalypse that are kind of like in the rear attached to those that were defined by Dr. Gottman. So let's talk about what I have seen. Here are my four horsemen of the apocalypse. Okay, quite a bit. Oh my goodness. Okay, so the first one, Opacity. Next is neglect. Third, refrain. And fourth, withdrawal. I did my best to find like one word to define exactly what I meant. So if some of these are very confusing, just bear with me. I I will explain them to you. So let's get into the first one. Opacity. Opacity is the opposite of transparency, right? And in a long distance relationship, if you do not have transparency in everything you do, that can build a lot of miscommunication, a lot of mistrust, and overall, it is going to be something that kills your relationship. So opacity in your relation, in your long distance relationship will look like no defined boundaries, no open and honest trust. No telling your partner where when you are feeling jealous of something that's going on. Um, leaving information out of what's going on with you and who you're associating with. Not telling your partner where you are and who you're with. This can seem um, like your partner is being controlling, but actually when you are long distance and you have healthy boundaries, showing your partner that you are upholding those boundaries is only going to benefit you. So being like, I'm going out with Casey and then like you snap them or you send them a picture where like you are sitting at a table with Casey and like you're very open and honest about I am with these people. This is what I'm doing and I can show you. I'm, I'm upholding that boundary with you. It's actually a very healthy thing to have that transparency. If you are upholding your opacity um, with opacity <laughs> opacity when you're holding your opacity with that relationship where you're saying I'm out with friends 
you you hesitate answering FaceTimes when you're out with them. Like little things like that, it's going to build mistrust in your relationship. And it just will, like honestly, you trust your partner's action more than you will build up a feeling of what are they doing. It's just going to help you. And um, along with opacity is if something happens with someone who is crossing a boundary that you two have maintained in your relationship, hiding that, withholding that information from your long distance partner is going to come up eventually. And the longer that you withhold that and don't express those things with them, the less likely your long distance relationship will be healthy. It won't be able to maintain that health anymore because you have set these boundaries. You were forthcoming with your information of who you are with, where you are going, what happened. And then this one thing comes up later on and it's like, well, what else were you withholding from me? See, that's why I really think that you need to be completely transparent while you're long distance. The second one, I'm going to try my best not to project my own insecurities on this one because neglect was my biggest, like that was the biggest horseman for me that killed my long distance relationships. I felt neglected. In my experience, neglect usually rears its head as not calling every day, not doing long distance date nights, choosing to make the people that are physically around you a priority over your partner, no active listening when you do communicate, no active communication when your partner is, you know, trying to communicate. So like the two-way street of like, I'm telling you things and I'm also listening when you talk. It can feel very neglectful when you finally do get a phone call from your partner and you can tell they're not paying attention to what you're talking about. Like, why even bother? It can also look like choosing events over your partner because they aren't around. Now, I don't mean that you should stop living your life. It's more that you have a date night, maybe like you make Fridays, Friday nights for your partner, whatever it is. But there is this event coming up. And instead of rescheduling with your partner, you just say, hey, this week, we'll just not have a date night. Another big one is when your partner needs you, they need you to be mentally present with them. You maintain being unavailable because of other things that are more present in your physical vicinity, whether it's other people that want to spend time with you, um, you want to watch a movie, whatever it is. If your partner was physically there, you would have, like in these situations that I'm specifically talking about, would have been the situations that you would have taken the time out of your day to drive over and comfort them. You would have made sure that they had a nice meal. These are the type of situations where you would bring them flowers. That's what I mean. And you not being available to them over the phone, even slightly, that's going to kill your relationship. That is complete neglect. That you're not doing what makes your relationship. Having that companionship, that life partnerness of your life partner. <laughs> like, I think I did an okay job trying not to project my past relationships into that phrasing. Proud of myself. But yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> Okay, the next one that I actually had to think really hard on how I wanted to define this in one word, and I came up eventually with the word refrain. I don't mean that they refrain from you. What this means is they refrain from follow through. They do not do what it would take to maintain progress within your relationship. So let's define that a little bit more. That looks like the unwillingness to plan ahead on little things that will make it work. 
uh, for you and, and for them, including long distance date nights. So if they, they're not planning those and you try to set up a time and they're like, yeah, we'll think about it soon and they still put it off, they're refraining from follow through. Another one is um, no plans to follow through either. Like no plans on visiting you. N- no talk of when that's going to be. So there's also the idea that they don't make plans to visit, but they will expect you to come and visit them. That's not following through on their side of the, like, they're not reciprocating. It's just always, when are you going to come out and see me? That's, that's going to kill your relationship because you're refraining from doing the work on your end. And they also refrain from doing the grand gesture of, I'm going to be with you someday. Like making those statements and showing their actions of, this isn't going to be the final stage of our relationship. This distance isn't going to always be our relationship. Those things, refraining from those follow through, not having a scheduled date like this is when I'm going to go see you. This is when you're going to come see me. These are the, the days that we have date nights. These are the things that we do every day to maintain our relationship. If they're not doing those things, that is refraining from follow through and that is going to kill your relationship. The next one I think um, actually is going to surprise a couple people on how I define this. The last horseman of the apocalypse is withdrawal. This does not just mean withdrawing from your partner. It also means withdrawing from their personal life. Wait, what? No, I don't think that you should shut off yourself from your friends or from your personal life just because you're long distance. I actually support that you have a life outside of the house. This is not something that should be revolutionary that I'm saying here. And yet I do see so many people engaging in long distance relationships where they think that they have to spend every night at home to be available for their partner in order to make it work. And that is going to kill your self-esteem. It's going to kill your social life. It's going to take away things that are very much a part of your personality. And I think it's very unhealthy and will kill your relationship because eventually you're going to attribute your partner as the person that took that from you. So maintaining a balance is what I mean. Don't withdraw from your life, but also don't withdraw from your partner. I do think that you um, do need to make sure that you have time to be with them, but maintaining this flexibility to keep a balance from falling into imbalance with how much time you spend with the partner and how much time you spend with your hobbies and your friends and your outside life. This also means that you need to be a partner who is willing to be flexible with your partner too. It's not all about you either. If they have hobbies that take them out into the deserts, like sometimes where they don't have a lot of connectivity, you need to be supportive of that. My sister dates people that are very long distance sometimes. And there's one person that she engages with who spends months at a time traveling and for them, it can work. So I think that it's just all about what balance can work for you. Don't completely withdraw from either or. Okay, so (laughs) those are my four horsemen to tack on to the original four horsemen that were defined by Dr. Gottman. I think all eight are very important for long distance. And if you can maintain those, you can make it work. However, how long should you maintain a long distance relationship? That is something you need to define within your situation. I know a lot of people who are in long distance relationships are long distance because of their partner's job, uh, especially those that are in the military. I understand that, but you do need to have a way of being together eventually. 
long distance cannot be, well, I, I don't want to say cannot be because it really just depends on what you're looking for in a long distance relationship. I do have a friend whose parents have maintained long distance their entire marriage and they're still happily married while one lives in a completely different part of the country than the other. So it can, I guess, for some, depending on your situation, maintain that. But if you both really want to be together, you need to be able to find a way to be together eventually. I personally feel like over a year with no sign of progress is too long. That's my boundary with that. I honestly, I can, I can maintain a year of distance. I think that's fine. But if by that year mark, there's no end in sight to the distance, there needs to be some sort of progress made towards being together. That's how I see it. I'm not in a relationship right now, so maybe that will change, but uh, that's how I feel. So, yeah. And honestly, I... This might come as a hot take. This might not come as a hot take. Maybe it's not. But my perception is if it's the right person, it doesn't matter where they're at. If they're the right person for me, they'll make it work. It doesn't matter if they're two miles away or 2,000 miles away. If I found what I want and they want me, we will find a way to make it work. I give myself fully in relationships and I honestly feel like long distance relationships are their own kind of beautiful and there are benefits. You can avoid codependency with long distance. You can test how jealous you are and how jealous your partner is. And in some ways, it's so fucking romantic. Like to find someone who is so into you and so excited to be with you that they will take the time and the money and the sacrifice for just a few days around you just for a few days to be in your presence. That idea of love letters being sent to each other and longing for that that love that you two share together, that intimacy you share together, I find that so fucking romantic. I do think that's a benefit because in a lot of the relationships that I see that are close distance don't have the ability to have that level of romance, of that that longing for each other or they just don't take the time to maintain it because it's a little bit more convenient like Netflix and chill like that's our that's our society now with dating you always have access to each other I want to have a little bit of that romance of spending some days where I'm feeling like I want to be with them so much and I hope in my next long distance relationship because I will have one I'm able to do love letters. I really want to do snail mail. Like I want to hand write them out and say like how much I long and miss my partner and have him open it up and have that experience of this person took the time and the resources to make sure they knew that they were loved. I think that's so nice. And if anything, it actually extends your honeymoon phase. Being long distance really can maintain that honeymoon phase way longer because that honeymoon phase is that feeling of anticipation and getting those good, happy dopamine, serotonin spikes whenever you feel like you're in contact with them because it's not an everyday experience. It really does help. Um, Grim apparently agrees. Have you been in a long distance relationship, Grim? How did that turn out for you? Oh, well. She says that it worked out. It can work out, guys. <laughs> guys, I'm such a nerd. I'm sorry. Okay, so the uh, another benefit. Let's get back into it. Uh, another benefit is actually a 
the ability to focus on yourself and your goals. While you're long distance, you're not and like building a family. While you're long distance, you really do have extra time by yourself where you can um, maintain the goals that you want to progress in and uh, have that gratification and maintain that independence. Okay, so that is my perception and my advice for you. If you would like to, um, if you're thinking about if you are, or if you plan to in the future, engage in a long distance relationship. My perception is if it's worth it to you, you can make it work as long as you are having active communication about all of these things that I talked about and watching and maintaining the way that you interact because you can't change how the other person's going to interact. And a lot of my long distance relationships failed not because of what I wasn't doing, but I was no longer going to put up with their lack of emotional maturity or their lack of effort to maintain that long distance with me. But I believe that the right person out there for me will do those things in return and will make it work. I've seen it done. I know it can happen. And it wasn't rare. Let me put that again. It wasn't rare for me to see people putting in effort long distance. It just wasn't my experience with those men. So I don't think that my experiences with long distance reflect all of long distance relationships any more than I would think that the one failed relationship that I had in close proximity was a reflection of all of my possible relationships in close proximity. I don't think that that is going to be a reflection of any type of a relationship just because of a couple experiences that didn't go go well. It's just you have to have that open mind in your dating life. And I think even more so now with the way that we are dating digitally, the way that we interact with people way more over our phones than we do physically a lot of the time. So I'm going to put out a limb, a little branch, a little olive branch for you to practice this. Even if you are in close proximity with your partner, I recommend finding a way to test out long distance to see how your relationship improves. I think it might surprise you how well it works out. And I'm excited for my future with long distance relationships. I almost feel like I'm manifesting that because I want to have a very strong, intimate bond with my partner that cannot be broken no matter what happens. That's what I look forward to. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with people that you might think enjoy it. Like, comment, promote, do all that good stuff. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram uh, so you don't miss out on any of the polls or questions that I ask that you can be featured on this podcast on. I will be back soon. Um, The next episode is going to be a life update episode. I've got some funny dating stories to share with you and, uh, Hopefully nothing crazy going on with my car. I will see you then. Stay positive. Be kind to yourself. And most of all, give long distance a chance, y'all. Bye.